Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. I am so happy to have Ingrid Hankala back on the show today. Ingrid had a near-death experience when she was two years old. She drowned in a big tub while playing with her sister, and she had a profound near-death experience, which, which really has affected her for her entire life in a very beautiful way. Today, she's going to be telling us um, the part of the story when she was four years old, only four years old, and how she felt. And as you listen, I'd just like to suggest that you think about looking into a four-year-old's eyes and listening to these amazing stories that she is about to share. I believe they are life-changing for all of us. Ingrid went on to become a PhD in marine biology, and today she carries the message throughout the world of love. We're going to start right where she left off. It didn't matter. I wanted to be there. And again, look at how everything plays part. Like, of course, my parents fired that lady, but they hired another one, but they kept working, and this lady didn't pay attention to us either. So, which was okay, because she would let me sleep. And that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I wanted to sleep, because every time I slept, I would go to this realm of the light. And... There was a moment in, in, in all these um, journeys when one day I, I was surrounded, Marla, by star-like figures shining in all different colors. Oh, this was amazing. And then, of course, now I wanted to sleep more. <laughs> of course. Oh, I wanted to be there. And in, in one of these journeys, one day, one of these star-like figures that was shining in pure bright gold shape itself into a human form and it approached me and ping, it touched me and i said oh, you are a being of light so that was the moment when these beings showed me we are alike we are the same then oh of course of course, now I'm like, I want to sleep forever. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you were still around four or five? Four, four years old. Four years old. And that's when the beings of light yes. really began and have been with you ever since. Ever since, yes. And, but it was at this moment where, like, this is so important, how we come to experience contrast, but we come to experience balance. Right. So I needed balance, and I could not sleep forever. So the balance that I needed is like, okay, now something has to happen. 
for this girl to kind of <laughs> balance herself. So it's when the beings of light started to appear here too. The first time I saw one, I was taking a shower, relaxed, and a being of light just appeared in the shower and it was blue, huge, bright, intense. Wow. And I'm like, whoa, now they are here. And Marla, although they didn't say or do anything, I started to heal. I started to eat. I started to feel better. I felt so love that that is just the remedy. That is the, the, the medicine. Yes. And I started to feel better. I started to talk, communicate, and, and it was incredible. And the time they started to actually verbally talk to me was the time that I threw a big tantrum. Because although I was feeling better, I was not... Um, having yeah this um sense that i again that i was seeing it, that this was my name i couldn't relate right that so sometimes they will call me call me ingrid or ingrid come it was it was an eye that ingrid come to eat ingrid come to and i was just like oh, i wouldn't pay attention they mm -hmm. they came and like we're calling you to eat dinner ingrid and i said do not call me like that call <laughs> my name <laughs> so they just like, so what is not your name? How should we call you? And I said, I do not need one. They they didn't know what to do with you. No. Wow. wow. So that night they sent me to bed and I was of course upset, crying. Oh, and that's when the beings of light said to me with this really beautiful, compassionate, soft voice. Like pretty much like they were whispering like a secret. It's going to take time for them to understand that names are not needed in the realm of the light. Wow. As you already know. And I'm like, oh, now it was amazing because I knew that I wasn't crazy. Yes, <laughs> yes. I knew now why I did not need a name. Exactly. And then they started to say to me that all the things I was going to experience and that what I was experiencing now and what I was going to experience were all gifts. And they were all given to me for my own, to help my own self, but to also help others. Right. And that someday I will be able to share all in an open way. They said, none of this is for you to keep for you to give yeah but they also say the time is not now they don't understand so they suggest it's not like they told me not to but they said it's best if you do not talk to anybody about us about this conversation about this because they are not going to understand interesting but then your mother you had an incident with your mother yes. yeah tell us about that yes because at that moment yeah for me it was like what is not to understand like really right. <laughs> yeah, nobody did i mean i realized quick that church at a school nobody was like i was this alien person then because i couldn't talk that's when my mom come to the because the beings of life said to me people will be put in your path to help you and yeah my mom was one of the the first people then because i couldn't talk now i was in, in kindergarten five years old and I'm drawing starlight figures, Marla, everywhere. I cannot talk, but I can draw. <laughs> <laughs> so I painting 
this everywhere and the teacher was like because I, I mean this was everywhere and right she like, and she came and she's like are these like the stars and the sun and you just love this stuff and i said no they are my friends the beings of light i love it <laughs> so, and the teacher was like oh because <laughs> they thought i was already strange right I was quiet in my core. I was observing. I was always observing in a state of silence. And then the, my mom came to the school. And since my mom was a teacher, she always was careful. And she started to show all the drawings and stuff. And, and I wanted somebody to believe me so bad. Absolutely. Oh, that just I validate turned, you. Yeah. And I turned to my mom and I said, Mom mom you have to believe me these are the colors that we wear because all the drawings that i did also had auras mm -hmm. this is the way i saw the world and i said mom these are the colors that we wear and these are my friends the beings of light and my mom did like the mom eyes pretty much like <laughs> silence <laughs> i just looked at her and i just went quiet and i just knew i should not and then my mom just said, this is a phase, we will work it out because the teacher was, she, you need to work in her social skills. She's having imaginary friends. So my mom, when we were way back home and they uh, sitting on the bus, she looked at me and I was so sad. And she said, when she said, I believe you. Oh my God, I almost just fell oh, out of the chair. That's beautiful. Oh. Oh, no, that was amazing. And I said, really, mom? And she's like, yes, because I also see things that nobody can. And I'm like, what is it that you see? And it's when she confessed to me that she could see spirits since she was a little girl. But she had learned, especially being born in a Catholic uh, society. Right. She would, things have changed nowadays a lot. But back then, you could not talk about that. Yeah. So my mom was thought never say a word so she told me to i learned to be quiet and i want you to be quiet for your own good but at least you had her that she understood and that must have just turned your world around that was incredible yeah. that was oh that sense of like now i am not alone here right right so for the first time i started to feel like okay i belong a little bit with my mom so and i'm incredibly like once i was like six years old i also started to see what we know as a spirit yes and it's when i had the realization that the spirits and the beings of life were not the same because when i saw the spirits i felt really scared it was it was also a pretty scary experience which is in my book is too long to tell but i felt scared so right. and the, the night that happened early in the morning i went my mom got up i went to her and i said mom the beings of light and and the spirits are not the same and that was when my mom so what she thought i was seeing a spirit too and it's when she's then what is that you see explain this really clear to me yes and i started to explain and she started to cry and she said i think that you're seeing angels Wow. And then I was like, mom, because all I knew was the Catholic teachings, but 
up to that moment, I said, mom, but they don't have wings like in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom said, no, they have to be your guardian angels. And she said, oh, she was so happy. And then, but I was still thinking, what is going on with these spirits? So by, by now I've been talking with the beings of life for a couple of years. It was just part of they, it. Yeah, they became part my of you. Family. Right. And then I asked them, what is with these spirits? And this was beautiful, Marla, because I was expecting to hear that we were different. And the answer was incredible because they said to me, we are, they say this thing that you call a spirits, you, us, we are all the same. The only difference is the level of awareness you have about who you are. That's it. Interesting. The more clear you are about who you are, what we call self-realization. Then now you know, oh, you advance. Like you, you're in a different degree now. Right, <laughs> like a higher vibration now. Like higher vibration, exactly. Yeah. So, and they, I also said, my mom called you angels. Is that what you are? Because I never cared to know what they were. To right. me, I didn't need to any description. They were what they were, beings. And they said the most amazing thing, Marla. They said, we are what you want us to be. And this is how compassionate is the universe. It presents to us in the way that is ah, the best for us. That's why for some people it presents like, oh, they saw Virgin Mary or they saw Jesus or they see this or they see. It just presents to us in a way that we can comprehend and right. digest, that we're not going to run in fear. Yes. <laughs> yes. Something that we've maybe been raised in in our childhood or yes present in a way we can understand yeah yes yeah. and after this the other person that came into my path with oh my god this was the next person was my grandmother my grandmother she was incredible because this was she's a rebellious woman and in colombia she was on her like these women that is just oh my god she <laughs> yeah she was forced to marry because she was an arranged mary when she was very young and when she was able to say no she divorced and this was the first, oh my God, you're doing what? And she decided not to follow the Catholic teachings anymore because she wanted to know more. So she started to study other philosophies, other, other ways of thinking. Ah, then, then she's brought to our house these teachings of like Buddhism and Hinduism and all these things. And then, one time she arrived home with this picture of a Hindu guru sitting in a lotus position with a huge aura. And it's when I said, oh, Grandma, what is this? This is the, the, what I see, the auras. And then, oh, we started to talk. And then my grandma was the one that told me how to meditate when I was eight years old. Wow. When I was 12, she brought me to the first Buddhist temple which was also on her in Colombia. So look at how all the beings of like yes. all these path will unfold and these things are going to happen. So this is what we say in life. If we pay attention, miracles are everywhere. Absolutely. Evolving in our path. So my grandma took me there and I told the, the monk when we were going to leave, I said, my, my grandma's so busy. I don't think we can come back. And they told me this, it was the first breathing meditation technique I learned. 
And the monk turned and said to me, you never need to come back because you already have a temple. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, you are the temple. So wherever wow. you are, you can practice this breathing meditation. So since very, very early age, I already knew that, oh, I am, I am a temple. Yeah, what a beautiful answer. Yes, yes. But the, the, other, the other difficult thing, Marla, was that despite that all this was so beautiful and there was so many gifts and so many beautiful things that were happening at the same time, I felt very different. Yeah. Because anyways, there was my mom, my grandma, but there was the rest of people. Right, school. And I was in a school now and I couldn't relate with anybody. And growing up, it became worse and worse and worse. You know, as you grow up and you have more awareness of your Oh, absolutely. And more peer pressure and all of that sort of thing. Things you know, became more and more difficult. So there was a moment in which... I remember asking the beings of life many times, why me? Why this is happening to me? And the answer was the first time they gave an answer to me about this was beautiful because they said, they said, why this happens to me? And they said, because you are special. And I said, what do you mean when you say that I am special? And they said, everyone is special but not everyone knows it yet. And they said someday everyone will know. That is so huge. So Ingrid, you obviously had such incredible experience happen at such a young age. Did you ever struggle feeling different or alone? Yeah, I, I was about like 19 years old when I just felt the heaviness of being different. So it was the point where it's saying uniqueness is great, but it also carries a lot of heaviness. So I didn't want to be different. And one day I was sitting in a bus and it's when I said the beings of light, I wish none of this was real. And watch out with what you ask for. Because I had what is called a very strong spiritual transformative experience at that moment and i um experienced the, like the sense of the dissolution of everything and i experienced the same state that i had during my near-death experience of going to that space of non-self nothingness but in absolute awareness here in this realm and i was like <gasps> It just, everything vanished, including myself. And then whoop, it went back. And then I came with two questions, two very, very deep questions. I, I, I said at that moment, when did we stop being one with the whole? And how is it possible to forget who we truly are? But at that moment, I had those, that other question, that question of feeling like a victim. And I said, why me? Again, why this is happening to me? And it's when the beings of life said to me, in 20 years, you will understand. So it's when we know that we need time to mature, to grow, to have more experience before we can really get it. 
And then I also was given just to say like a choice at that moment. It was the choice of like, you want to be a teacher of the light now, or you want to keep going with your life as it is, as in college at that moment, I was just in another kind of experiencing other things. And I said, I want to be like my sisters. I want to be normal. And then I put the example for me at that moment is like, I pretty much as the being so liking, I just go, but I, it's not like you never really leave. I put the, the analogies like, it's like when you go to college and you leave home, but that doesn't mean that you ever forgot your parents, that you ever left your parents behind. They, they, they are one call away, but now you are doing your own thing. And that's what happened. But also what happened, giving another analogy at that moment is like, if I turn off the light of a room, a light, a room that had been with the light on. So when the light is on in a room, you see where all the furniture is. So you you don't trip with anything. What happened when you turn off the light? Now you don't know where anything is. And that's when life become all these challenges, all these experiences, all these sufferings. So for the next 20 years, like they said to me, I experience a lot of sufferings, a lot of challenges, but all these challenges had the purpose, bring me back to want to ask again for the light, for clarity, for how I, now I see my life with, with eyes of wisdom. And then I didn't realize that 20 years have passed, but there was so much many sufferings. I, one of the choices I made was I became a scientist I work later an oceanographer. I became I work for organizations like NASA and the Navy. But even in those times, Marla, when I was already having more, all this clarity, it was all, always clear for me that I wasn't there to convince anybody about anything. The being so light always said to me, "Your path is the path of gentleness. You're not here to convince anybody about anything." So, but this connection with the beings of light and, and with that wisdom always gave me the possibility to work in incredible projects and, and have the, the mind open to be creative too. So I did, even throughout my career, I did things that were incredible, write books, science articles, and, and always, my idea was always, what can I do to help our planet? So see, there was always connection. But there was many, many sufferings because, like I said, I was walking in a room with the lights off. But then there was a moment I went to live in a war zone. Life became so hard that there was a moment in my life that I fell into a deep depression. I didn't know that they, I had post-traumatic stress due to living in a war zone for three years. And then there was this time in my life when I was so depressed and even even know what was happening that I just felt suicidal. But that's the moment when you fall so deep that you only have two choices or you keep falling deeper or you ask for clarity. Is when I, that moment I said, God help me see because I cannot see. I claim the lie back. And then it's when I had an answer, which is, was very simple, because sometimes we think that miracles are something so yes. big, complicated. It's just simple. It was like, go to a psychologist, 
at that moment is what I needed, but it was not just any person. The synchronicities were amazing. I was guided to meet the, the person I needed to meet. He was very open-minded, very spiritual. Right. And you had your little boy at this point, right? Yes, and, and things were so hard. It was the moment, like I said to you, that I asked for the light so big is I was lying next to him in the bed. And it was a, a moment where I wanted just to die yeah. because I felt the sadness I, I had was so, so deep. Right. And the only thing keep, keeping me alive was my baby boy. I would never leave my baby, but so I, that, that was like my anchor there. If he was not been there, then I don't know what I would have done at that moment. But that was when I said, there's more, there's a purpose for me. I am holding on. And when I was talking with this psychologist for like about a year and he said to me, he asked me to write a whole list of sufferings. Because he said this was good writing and that it was cathartic. And I go, okay, let's write. And I wrote all these things. And it's when he said to me, Ingrid, I, in my 37 years of practice, I've never met anyone that has suffered this much and is mentally stable. Wow. What took you to the war zone? What took you to the war zone, Ingrid? Because uh, I was working with the Colombian Navy. Oh, okay. And then they had a research institute that was located in, in that area of Colombia, which was really, really, the war there was pretty bad. Yeah. If you were in the main cities like Bogota, you, you didn't feel the war that much. But if you were in those areas that were more dominated by jungle and places yeah. like that, it was very dangerous. Wow. So I went to live there. I'd never thought I wanted to go to, they had another research institute in the Caribbean and I was hoping to, <laughs> but I had to go to this other place. But you know, incredibly Marla too, I started to have visions of the future since I was four years old. So at four, I already knew that I was going to be a marine scientist. At nine, I knew who I was going to marry. At 12, I knew where, that I was going to work for NASA. At 12, I knew who my son was going to be and his name. All of these I knew. So one of the places where I knew later I had to be was in the war zone because that's where I was going to meet my husband. Understood. Yeah, so it's everything. I mean, if we, we could talk for hours well, because yeah. I didn't know that. And it's when we would see that... <gasps> what right this happens for this it's like a novel for you know it's like everybody's life is like a novel and when you really look back and the chapters my life is the same they all kind of you know you meet the right people that change your lives and it all kind of you know kind of meshes together with, with a lot of suffering involved too but yeah, yeah yeah but this is when i told the doctor at that moment again like like why me right why all this suffering and these was the two words i needed that that was my my probably i say the thing that reactivated ingrid back to the light because he i said why me and he said why not yes oh what and then at that moment i also knew that he had been listening in the year I've been talking to him because he started to say, look, Ingrid, thanks to this, you have done this. And thanks to this, this, and thanks to this, this. I'm like, whoa. So all my neurons, all my, it's like 
my whole body was like having an electric shock. And I'm like at the state of like realizing the purpose behind all my experiences. Mm -hmm. What an angel um, he was to you. Oh, that yes. yes. So this was the moment where for the first time, Marla, I put myself at the level of the effect and not at the, sorry, at the level of the cause and not at the level of right, the Right, right. So, oh, it was realizing none of this happened to me. It happened for me. It happened for me to be where I am today, for me to have this moment of absolute clarity. And, and there was also the other incredible thing was realizing that none of that was there or what I would say here and now, it was all in my mind. Every memory that you're holding is in your head. It's not your reality. Your reality is that you and I are talking here and now. I love it. That's the only true thing. Something I heard you say in an interview is that thinking, I keep, I've told so many people this, that thinking it's not really a thought, it's memory entrainment. And that yeah. just, that just really hit me. You know, it just makes so much sense because when you think, when you think it always has something to do with your memory, what happened before and, and wow, it, that just, my, my head started going in circles when you said that. I loved it. Yes. When we realize I am made of conditioning. Yes. What is the true Marla? What is the true Ingrid? If I, I said to people, if you would have an accident today and you forget I mean, we talk, we touch wood, but right, right, right. And you forget absolutely everything, everything, including your name, your career, everything. But you're still alive. So, are you all that? Right. Who are you? Wow. And the beings of life said to me, Ingrid, thinking is is the most miraculous thing, but but humans use it wrong. We get stuck in the memories, but the moment we truly think, the true thinking is when we are connected with the universal creative thinking of, of, of the universe. Right. That's when we're really, truly using this gift of thinking. The rest is we're wasting it. Dropping the same old same. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. Wow. What a what a big what a big but so important and profound thing to wrap your to wrap your head around the other incredible thing marla is that after the realization with, with the psychologist i went um on my car and the same thing and this is when i realized that 20 years have passed right because similar thing that happened in the bus happened driving the car but this was even deeper, deeper. It's when I just realized that the essence of, of source, God, the divine was absolutely everything. There was nothing that was not God. There was nothing that was not source to me. It's like, oh my God, everything is it. And then is when I knew for sure 20 years had passed because the two questions I had asked yes. were answered. So it was like not even these 20 years, again, no time. And two, the answers came. And the answer of the two questions when I asked, when did we uh, stop being when? one with the whole and how is it possible to forget who we truly are? 
And the answer was amazing. They said, one never stopped being one. One never left the source. One just became distracted and seemingly forgot. So it's the knowing that we've always been that light. We've always been the children of God. We just forgot. We got distracted. And I realized through the years how easy it was to get distracted. Absolutely. Then now I am in this point where the beings of light are showing me that everything, they said to me, nothing in the universe lacks purpose. And it's when I started to have more clarity. And, and they said, learn to ask the right questions and you will have the right answers. And the questions were simple. These questions like, why my NGE happened when I was so young? They said something beautiful because you were old enough to remember, but young enough not to be conditioned yet. So again, it's like, oh, when you're that clean canvas, now your experience is perfect. You're just creating everything yes, new. You had no before. No before. Yes. yes. <laughs> the other beautiful things is, is I asked what my NDE was for. And it's when they show me, Marla, this was beautiful because they show me all this happened for you to bring back the message of the power of connection. And I said, what do you mean? They said, yeah, look, in your experience, when you saw your body in the water, your first reaction was not to go back to it. That was still your, what we call the ego mind. Right. What is good for me? But guess what? That was not the universal plan. You had another job to do. Yeah. So reason why they say you went to look for help. Oh, so I said, okay, so if that's the case, why did I waste time seeing the maid? And they said, there you go, because we want, it, we want to show contrast. We want to show you what contrast does. So they said, when you went to see the maid, what happened? There was no connection. And when there's no connection, the person cannot sense you, cannot feel you. There's nothing. There's no love. What happened with your mom? Exactly. He was so far away and unconditional love, complete connection. So it's when you know that love doesn't know boundaries. No matter in which realm, in which place, in which dimension you are, there's only love is one. Right. So my mom, who was the farthest, was the one that knew where I was and rescued me. So look at this incredible thing they say. They say, when there's no connection, they will let you drown. There will be war. When there's no connection, right. separation creates war. Yes. So this was so amazing. So that was the only thing I came to learn, the purpose of our uniqueness all these because he's showing us that although we are all different i put the example of the fingers and the hand each finger is different but if you cut this finger off any finger off what it can do by itself nothing right you need them all together you need that connection for the whole hand for the whole system to work and this is the other thing i said 
Every finger is different. So it's the uniqueness that encompasses oneness. They're all attached to the same hand, to the same source. So imagine if we can work in connection, we can do great things. Yes. And this is when each one of us can discover the light that we are. I said one, one candle alone flicker in the wind. But what about all the candles together in one big flame? Wow, that's the light that we can give to the world. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, this is yeah. So, so today, um, how do you live your how do you live your life today? Oh my God, Marla, I live my life with joy, and I live my life. This is this is something beautiful that I know you you're going to love to hear, because it's when I have learned through time that is not the experiences, but the purpose behind the experiences. Right. So now I don't see the challenges with the eyes of suffering with the eyes of drama with the eyes of pain i see challenge with the eyes of opportunity with the eyes of like what is this for where is this bringing me what is the purpose of this and i know sometimes it's, it's hard to see it so i i love to give the example of a bird in a nest to just kind of bring that analogy of, and, and clarify what challenge does for us in our lives. Yes. So I, I, I put this, this beautiful example that imagine a bird that is in a nest and the bird is there all comfortable and it's just, oh, this is good. And then the mother realizes like, okay, this bird now is big enough and I'm not bringing more food. <laughs> this bird needs to fly. But what the bird does, this is the way we react in life. We always can take two choices or the path of the victim or the path of clarity. So at that moment, the bird could think my mom is bad because she's not feeding me anymore. Or the bird could think, oh, my mom knows what she's doing. And she is teaching me that I, it's time for me to leave the nest. So we can take always these two approaches. It's what I call, there's only two choices, free, Freedom of, of choice, there's this, there's the only true thing we, we are choosing is if we want to suffer or if we want to see the life with the eyes of clarity. That's the only true free will. Right. So sometimes people say free will is like, I choose what I eat, what I dress, where I live. And this is not true. We're conditioned since we were born. Yes, yes. No, that is free will. The only free will is you choose how you look at things how you decide to to which decision to make right. wow to, well yeah be a victim or you want to move on so at that moment i keep with the example of the bird and it's when okay the bird is still in the nest and the bird says no i'm not going to pay attention to mom i'm going to remain in the nest because i'm not jumping out of here and guess what the nest started becoming small the nest started becoming smelly now the bird cannot fit there, it's horrible. So these are all the challenges, right. all the challenges. And there's a moment that if the bird is still not jumping, is what a storm will come, the branch will break because life is forcing us to move. And then there's a moment that the pressure is such that the bird decides that he's jumping out of the nest. And it's when the bird realizes, oh, I can fly. 
So I always say, if all these challenges didn't happen, if all these things didn't happen for the bird to jump, he never would have known that he could fly. Wow. Thank you, Ingrid, that, wow, I'm, I'm speechless, <laughs> which I'm usually yeah. not. Thank you so much. You are doing such wonderful things for the world with, oh my gosh, your love, your sincerity, your integrity, and I just love you. You're just a beautiful, no. you're just a beautiful souls. So thank you so much for coming on the show. And if people want, want to find you, how would they do that? Oh, yes, I have a website. The website is Ingrid Honkala, which is uh, Honkala, H-O-N-K-A-L-A.com. I also have a YouTube channel with my name too, Ingrid Honkala. I am in social media. I like to put all nice spas, beautiful quotes. And I also have a newsletter where I just share in-depth yes. in teachings. And uh, I also wrote a book called A Brightly Guided Life, mm -hmm. How a Scientist Learned to Hear Her Inner Wisdom. And this is beautiful, Marla, because I never thought about writing and and it's been amazing our writing this kind of things yes. i did a lot of yes. science i wrote scientific books articles but this was something that i never thought i would do and people ask me like you're thinking about a, a bestseller and i said if one person reads right. I'm already a bestseller and I just feel so grateful. Uh, so well, it is a beautiful book and I suggest it will, all of this will be in the show notes and I suggest everyone run out and get it because it's, it's truly life, life changing. So thank you so much, Ingrid, and um, you be safe and take care and have a, have a great rest of your evening. Oh, you too. And thank you for having me. And thank you for the work you're doing, Marla. Yes. This is beautiful. Like I said, again, we all join together and create that big flame, big flame of light yeah. for all of us to join. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And I love you all. I love you all. <laughs> I love you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.